A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcast. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this fine Tuesday? Kenny, I'm good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah, really, really um, doing all right. Yeah, doing all right. How are you after your weekend with Gangrel? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We Yeah, we did the show with Gangrel on Sunday in Glasgow and it was, uh, yeah, it was very good fun. He was a big hit with people. Uh, people were commenting that his facial expression didn't change in all the photos. And I think that's kind of by design because he knows the photo that everybody wants with him. So uh, he was quite funny. He was quite nervous about doing the, the, the talk because he said he's not much of a talker. And and then we ended up going two hours and I had to sort of like cut it a little bit early because we, we, we kind of needed to finish up. So I mean that's a good sign. So he he had a good time, and um, yeah, I think people got got good stuff out of it. So the idea of doing these kind of intimate shows with you know smaller names or more obscure names, I think, might be something we do on a bit of a regular basis since people seem to enjoy it. Um, Did you ask him about the Taka Mishinoku match? You know, I was I was going to try, but I didn't know how to ask it in a way that didn't make me sound like I was saying. So you know, you're not very good. <laughs> but we thought you were once. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but it's funny he did. Uh, he did say that when he because he got hired by WWF in '98 finally, and he the the reason he got to debut is the, the reason he got to start as Gangrel not on TV but on a house show. Um, oh no, not no, not as Gangrel. The is is when he got hired in 1998. It was off the back of he was with Luna at a, t- at a house show loop that they were doing in California, and Brian Christopher had missed his flight, so. He was backstage and they asked him, Do you have your gear? And he did. So he stepped in and faced Takamichinoku. And he said that, it, that in the match, uh, uh, and Taka, Taka remembered him from when he did Japan as the Blackhearts, like in the early 90s. So they like had a pretty decent rapport with each other. And he did the Impaler DDT and there was a big pop. And Vince asked who that was. And they said, That's Dave Heath. And Vince said, Yeah, send him down to the dojo. And that was how he. So Taka was involved in his journey to get hired. So there you go. Mm. Um, I mean, I first heard about him uh, when he was in the Black Hearts, and yeah. they uh, they were briefly in Stampede Wrestling. And from what I was told, and this was from somebody in Florida who knew Dave Heath, um, and apparently the British Bulldogs just made made their lives hell, just made their lives hell backstage. That was my, I didn't even really know who Dave Heath was at the time. Oh, he's in the Black Hearts. Oh, really? <laughs> and he was like a vampire warrior. He was in Memphis for a bit. And I remember there was loads of, he had loads of photos taken when he was there. And they were distributed to all the magazines and they were really good photos. And suddenly, because there was all these really great photos of him, all the magazines wanted to do stories on him. That's how magazines work back in the 90s, kids. <laughs> 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 Those are the days, uh, but yeah, no, it was a ve- very, fu- very fun, and um, I'm looking forward to Eric Bischoff in September. So, uh, itrtext.com if you want to come and see us with Eric in September, it should be uh, a fun bunch of shows. Um, but the 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 wrestling continues for WWE. Let's talk about last week's SmackDown. Um, Overall, you know, we, we ended up having the the uh, opening segment with uh, Bianca Belair coming out. She was facing Asuka later on, and she does this promo, but Charlotte ends up coming out, and Charlotte wants to challenge uh, the winner at SummerSlam. Um, and uh, Asuka was pretty annoyed that this was all, you know, this this whole situation was basically getting made without her even being involved, which was a pretty good... Uh, plot point for Asuka, given that she was going to, she is the champion, and she was going to be facing Bianca in the main event. Um, and then we got the main event, which didn't really go that long. It kind of reminded me a bit of the the London match with Charlotte and Asuka, where it, you know, kind of went, but it didn't go too long, and there was a kind of screwy finish. So obviously, Charlotte caused the DQ here. Afterwards, EO attempts to sort of cash in. But uh, Asuka recovers. Uh, what did you make of how they how this all played out with Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca? Um, I mean, it feels to me like a, a bit of a slow build. It doesn't feel like they're rushing anything. When we know this is going to lead to SummerSlam, either a three-way or possibly a four-way match. Well, actually, probably three-way because it looks like it's going to be ba- Bailey versus Shotzi, doesn't it? Um so, yeah, I thought Bianca did well here. Um, she said she wanted a rematch. She said tonight was going to be her night. Vengeance would be sweet. And then Charlotte Flair arrived. And she said that she thought that uh, the Belair would become the next champion. And Charlotte said to Bianca, once you win that belt, I'm first in line, right? So they seem to have a little bit of an understanding there. 
Um, and that was that, yeah. So, I mean, it just seemed all, you know, rather polite and civil, didn't it? It's cordial <laughs> and agreeable and everyone was compliant. It's like, you're going to win and you can give me the title shots. Like, okay, then. And we know pro wrestling doesn't work like that. We know yeah. it doesn't work like that for real. So it was a hypothetical, wasn't it? When you win, then you can give me that. Okay. And then that led to the main event. And as you said, it was a short match. Um, yeah, I think it was a better match than, you know, Charlotte versus Asuka in London, which I thought was a big disappointment on the night. And we had, you know, all the um, interference from Bailey and Eo Sky. Yeah, I mean, who are they getting these tickets from? Bailey and Eo Sky just rocked up during the match. They had tickets. Then Charlotte turned up. She had tickets for the front row. I mean, where are they getting these tickets from, Kenny? I just don't understand. Well, it's definitely it's definitely not in Ticketmaster or StubHub. They've got good connections. Maybe maybe uh, Bruno Harvey Whippleman. Maybe he's always got a spare ticket to sell <laughs> to any wrestler who needs it. it. Yeah, I mean, they, we know these people can afford it. They're very well paid. <laughs> so yeah, Bailey and Io came out to watch. Then followed by Charlotte Flair. And we knew at that point that this match was not going to go to a finish. There was going to be interference. And sure enough, it was a DQ uh, when Flair accidentally speared Belair. She didn't mean to. It was an accident. That was your DQ finish. Um, after that, it seemed that Eo was going to attempt to cash in the Money in the Bank contract on Asuka, who was at ringside. She'd taken the pace in as well in the post-match you know, aggro, um, and before that could happen, Asuka blew the mist at Bailey, and then Asuka fled with her championship belt. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it felt like things are moving along, and I think it's going to be a three-way at uh, SummerSlam. What do you think, Kenny? Asuka versus Bella versus Charlotte Flair? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a three-way. I think, obviously, with EO, you kind of want to leave her not involved because then you've got the cash-in drama potentially so i feel like that's yeah. going to go with her and yeah i think it'll be good i think these the london match and this match were both just to set up what we're going to get at summerslam so hopefully the three-way summerslam is the one that you know is a big hitter and i think it will be on the night i'm sure they're all very talented women i'm sure they'll get it done yeah. um but yeah so it, it was pr- pretty pretty decent um we also found out that we're going to have uh two we have two four ways uh, to help determine who's going to face Austin Theory for the US title. So this week's four way was Grayson Waller, AJ Styles, Butch and Santos Escobar with Austin Theory on commentary. And Santos Escobar was the one to get the win here. Yes. Um, what did you think of the match and the I, and the uh, decision, decision to put uh, Escobar forward? Um. Well, I mean... Presumably, I mean, we know next week it's going to be, or this Friday rather, it's going to be Cameron Grimes versus Sheamus versus Rey Mysterio versus L.A. Knight. The other four-way. Mm-hmm. And the winner of that will then face Escobar. So, you know, one assumes it's going to be Knight who wins. Could be wrong about that. Could be Mysterio. Maybe we could have the Mysterio-Escobar split. I don't know. But I think it's going to be Knight. Um, so it's... You know, it's a it's a win for him. It's a fairly obvious win for Knight if he does face Escobar. Um, we know Escobar is no threat to Knight's popularity, so it's going to be a win-win for Knight, win in terms of winning the match and win in terms of boosting his popularity. So that feels like the direction it's going to go in. 
Um, I thought Butch versus Styles versus Escobar versus Waller was much. It was a really good four-way match, you know, really exciting. Fans got into it. Austin Theory was on commentary. Did you get the sense, Kenny, that, you know, the wind has been knocked from Theory's sails? Did you detect that from his commentary? Yes, I did. I think once, I think the fact that he beat John Cena at WrestleMania and as, I mean, as we, you know, probably thought after Cena's burial of him in the pre-match promo, the win meant pretty much nothing for Theory and has not contributed anything to his uh, post-WrestleMania run, which is another reason not to chant thank you, Cena, because we're still, we're even today in July 2023, we're seeing fingerprints of his burials that he does. Um, And I guess for, for Theory, it's like what, I guess in his mind, it's like, well, I beat Cena and I don't really, I don't really, I actually feel probably less of a star than I did before that feud. So what's left? Well, what I find out about it is that there was a huge amount of emphasis on theory at various points over the last 15, 16 months. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like post WrestleMania, they've lost interest in pushing him, which is really odd because he scored the win on Cena at WrestleMania. Um, so it's like they've lost interest in him. It's like as if yeah, it's as if like that Cena promo, they thought, well, Cena's right. He's <laughs> not a star. You know, let's just de-push him, de-push, de-emphasize. And it's as if they've all they've all like <laughs> taken that Cena promo from the early March Raw to heart and think, well, he's not really a big deal, is he? Because Cena buried him. So yeah, well, let's not bother pushing him anymore. So it's just been, it's just odd, isn't it? It's just the whole thing's just been weird. It's just been so Cena. And, um, you know, and Cena, obviously, 21, 22, was usually quite productive. I thought he actually did a pretty good job with Theory at WrestleMania. You know, we've talked endlessly about our promo. We don't need to go over it again. But it's just very weird that Theory has just been de-emphasized by the company since. And you could just tell from the way he was commentating you know, he was saying the right things, but he wasn't really saying them with any conviction, was he? That was the problem. Yeah, well, it, 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 I mean, it's not the same thing, but it, I feel like with Cena, it's a little bit like Chris Jericho over in AEW. Like, if you're going to beat Jericho, it should mean something because he's a big name. So if somebody's going to beat him, there should be a push forthcoming for that person that's going to warrant him getting that big win. You know, because otherwise, if you keep beating Jericho, it doesn't mean anything, then you've just kind of neutered the point. And with Cena, if Cena's going to do the job for somebody... It's like it's like when Roman Reigns beat him. That was that was a, a another you know thing that Roman Reigns could add to his arsenal of I've beat John Cena as well. You know, and now he can you know be even more omnipotent than he was before. But with Theory, it was just like yeah, if, if you're not gonna if you don't have big plans for Austin Theory, then I mean it's just a kind of wasted Cena defeat that you could have used on somebody who could have bragged about it. I mean, because Theory doesn't even really brag about it that often. He should be bragging about it all the time. He beat John Cena. Well, well, he did mention it quite a lot on the commentary here. Um, but, he do, but he doesn't like. He's not. He's not in the ring doing promos, talking to you know big names, going you know I want a world title shot because I beat John Cena. It's just he mentions it some like on commentary here in passing, but like it doesn't feel like it means anything. No, and it, sh- and it should. It should mean something like like you said. But he the, the wind definitely fell out of his sails here because um, he probably knows that he is. His run with that belt is going to come to an end soon. And um, yes. L- LA Knight actually made a, an appearance 
to a monster reaction from the crowd, saying he's coming for the US title. So, I mean, theory... We asked for it. We, dem- we, de- we demanded it. And here we go. WWE is, you know, well, we don't know for sure yet, but we think it's going to be Knight versus Theory at SummerSlam. You know, this could be really good for Knight and for Theory as well. So, yes. you know, let's not write Theory off yet. He needs a big program, doesn't he? He does. He needs, he needs something to, to basically do. move on from the Cena thing and kind of try and reestablish himself as a player again because he doesn't really, he just feels like, yeah, he's really sort of faded a bit. And, you know, there's still time. He's still very young and there's still time for him to turn it around. Yeah, for sure. Um, just one more thing about the four way match that was quite concerning to me and I'm sure to many others. It looked like AJ Styles had the match won and then Karrion Cross appeared on the big screen. <laughs> attacking the OC backstage and Styles was distracted so he didn't win the match. So that was his excuse for not winning the four-way. And Cross said it's not over. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> so this feud must continue. What have we ever done, Finn, to deserve this? Who, who did we hurt in a past life? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. To make us have to deserve this. I don't know. I mean, I did put out some pretty crappy issues of Superstars Wrestling and Power Slam. You know, <laughs> you know there were some pretty bad issues in the early days there. Maybe maybe it's just like, you know, my comeuppance for that. So uh, well, hopefully I atoned over the years. I, I did think... actually mention actually on Facebook yesterday, that it was nine years yesterday, Kenny, since the final issue of Power Slam came out. Nine years. Does it, does it feel like nine years? Feels like longer. It does feel like longer. I suppose, because I have done quite a bit since, mm-hmm. you know, closed up shop. So it does feel like longer. It feels like a completely different lifestyle, which it was running that magazine. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, but, you know, now you get to enjoy the, you get to enjoy your life a little bit more rather than being chained to a desk for, her, what, what was it? What was a, a rough power slam working week? Oh, I don't know. It was a lot of hours. Something I, I'm, you know, I've spent enough time banging on about how many hours I used to work. So it was a lot of hours. I don't work as many anymore, and that's really good. <laughs> um, else, the last thing I want to bring up from SmackDown though was we had a promo with uh, Jey Uso, Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa. Uh, obviously, they didn't have Roman here this week, so it was uh, the rest of the bloodline, Sans, uh, Jimmy, and Roman left to, uh, you know, keep it going. Obviously. You know, we, we saw Paul Heyman take some physicality here. We saw Solo uh, speaking, which he rarely does, you know, saying that what happened to Jimmy is all on Jay and he's never going to forgive him either. 
and we get a, a Heyman super kick to the face, which was great. And, uh, you know, Solo and Heyman escape at the end. Jay's, you know, sort of fired up. How did Jay do here? Because obviously the, the order here is Jay's got to try and uh, convey to the, the crowd and the people at home that he is, you know, a worthy challenger for Roman. Roman's not there. How did he do? I thought he did well. I mean, he was he was working with the what chance. So um, that actually, at first you think, oh, no. But it actually enhanced the promo. And at the right time, the what chance stopped. And then he kept on speaking. So we didn't have that an annoyance. Actually, you know, it was as if he was seeking that reaction from the audience. So I thought that was really good. Um, I like the thrust of what the uh, Bloodline members were saying, or rather Solo and Heyman were saying that, you know, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy was in hospital because of uh, Jay. You know, Heyman said that Jay's mother and father would never forgive him. Then Solo stepped forward and agreed and said he would never forgive Jay either. And we know that was going to lead to a big scrap between Jay and Solo. Heyman was nailed. Solo came back in. And it was the right time for Jay, you know, to stand tall and to take down Solo, take down Heyman, because we assume it's going to be Jay versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. So Jay needs to look strong before he faces the tribal chief for the, for the big belt on August 5th. So, yeah, I thought he did well here. I thought it was just the right amount of, you know, concern, you know, and regret over what happened to Jimmy. I thought he expressed that very well. You know, also there was, you know, vengeance in mind as well. And, you know, I think it was the right mixture of emotions there to convey what he was going through and what he was, you know, seeking to do. And he finally clashed with Roman. They're going to have a, is it calling it the rules of engagement? So there's going to be some sort of meeting this week, isn't there, between Reigns and Jay on Friday? Yes, confrontation between them this Friday. So we're assuming that that's where the, the SummerSlam challenge is going to be made official. So Yes, just a couple of other things I'd like to mention. I thought mm-hmm. Pretty Deadly did really well against uh, Ridge Holland and Sheamus. Um, I thought, you know, Sheamus and it was, it was what a contrast at the end of the match. Pretty Deadly won. Um, Elton Prince pinned Ridge after Ridge had run throat first into an exposed turnbuckle. I thought, I thought the finish looked tremendous. Um, the contrast afterwards, Sheamus and, Holland, Sheamus and Holland were in the ring, all sweaty and disheveled. And Deadly were at ringside or rather in the aisle and they were looking cool, calm and confident. They've now got a glitter ball as part of their entrance. Mm. Uh, after Bailey had de- uh, defeated Zelina Vega, we saw Shotzi on the big screen. She cut her own hair off. So that got a lot of uh, social media attention at the time, didn't it, Kenny, on Friday night? It did, yeah. And she, it's come out that the reason that she has done that is because her sister is battling cancer. So it's a very, uh, you know, noble thing for her to kind of do that to, you know, show some allegiance to her sister. So, um, you know, fair play to her for doing that. Yeah. And I think the only other thing that really warrants a mention was uh, the Street Profits were backstage and uh, yes. or outside. They ran into Bobby Lashley, who made his first appearance in a number of weeks. And they left together in a large vehicle. So maybe there's going to be some sort of Lashley Street Profits alliance? I think I can say with absolute confidence that the Street Profits getting into a limo with Bobby Lashley can only mean things are going up for them. Yes. Then compared to what they've been doing otherwise. so um, And then we obviously Elton Prince has come out. He has had some form of shoulder separation from one of the moves he had, got from Ridge on Friday. Hopefully it's not too bad and it's not completely 
sort of torn. Uh, we'll probably know more yeah. this week on how he's doing. Yeah, um, I mean, that's tough for Prince and, you know, it's tough for Ridge as well because, I mean, it felt to me like, you know, Ridge in this match was getting his confidence back and it's come out that he's suffered an injury. You know, that's going to be a tough one for Holland to, um, you know, to rationalise because yeah. for obvious reasons and what happened last year with Big E and I think it must be very, diff- very difficult when you're a wrestler and when you're when you injure an opponent and I hope it was an accident and not something that Ridge did. Obviously it would have been an accident, but hopefully it wasn't something that people could point to and say, Ridge, you made a mistake there. Just, a, you know, something, you know, these things do obviously happen from time to time, but um, yeah, hopefully it's all right. Uh, let's move on to Raw. So we had uh, the open of the show was Cody Rhodes coming out. They were in Atlanta, his home um, his mom was in the crowd and he basically wants Brock Lesnar to accept his SummerSlam challenge. Lesnar's music plays, but he doesn't come out. So Cody's just like, you know, really? Um, and uh, Cody's sort of ready for him. And eventually, uh, you know, Cody goes to the entrance aisle and he's sort of saying, come on. And then he goes uh, towards the stage, turns and waves. Again, Lesnar's music plays. And then Cody walks to the back, but then we just see a chair fly uh, into the this sort of area. And then Lesnar and Cody are fighting. They're just like giving it to each other. And then Brock uh, ends up putting Cody in a Kimura in front of his mum and his family. And it threw him back in the ring and uh, says, challenge accepted. I'll see you at SummerSlam, bitch, was his his words. So, um, I mean, this, this I mean, this is a strong angle. I thought I thought it was uh, good to do it in Cody's hometown, and um, yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be good. Do you think we're still getting a stipulation for this match, or do you think they're going to go with a clean one on one? Um, I, I'm not sure really. Um, I mean, there's still obviously there's still a few weeks to go yet, so we've still got one, two. What have we got? We've got uh, two more episodes of Raw, haven't we? Yep. Before yeah, SummerSlam. So maybe they'll add something on. Yeah, I hope they do because I mean we've seen it twice already on premium live events. So I think it does. It probably doesn't need a stipulation. I'm sure it's big enough without it, but I think that would add some spice to it. Um, and we need a definite, you know, outcome. A definite finish needs to be. I think no DQ. Maybe I think that would just cover all bases. Uh, Cody. Brought the uh, you know the hard times interview, the famous Dusty promo from '86, I think it was, and he said that Lesnar will be facing hard times. And um, you know, when Cody's mother Michelle was there, family members, you did get the sense that this would be the outcome that Lesnar was going to appear and destroy Cody in front of the family members, and that's what happened. And yeah. You know, Lesnar, I mean, he needed the uh he needed a comeback after Cody had nailed him with the Cody cutter two weeks earlier on the post money in the bank raw. So yeah. I think um, you know, Lesnar needed a show of force here, and I think he brought it. Um we'll see what happens with um with Rose's arm. Is he gonna sell it again? Is he gonna put a cast on is he gonna is he gonna be all taped up i mean we've already been down that road haven't we so i'm not sure if it had the same impact if they were to do that again so i'll I'll be curious to see what happens next week i can't imagine lesnar will be there next week but i imagine he'll be there the week after 
Um, elsewhere, we got some more build towards the Rhea Ripley Raquel Rodriguez thing because uh, basically, uh, again, um, Raquel says she's not scared of Rhea. Um, and then Rhea uh, headbutts her. They start fighting. Ripley ends up kicking Raquel's left knee. Um, and then obviously later, Raquel and Liv are going to be facing Sonya and Chelsea for the titles. Uh, we find out that Raquel is cleared. But um, the trainer does want her to go for some scans. But Adam <laughs> Pierce says, as long as she, as long as you're saying she's cleared and she wants to go, the scans can wait. Exactly. Um, it doesn't matter if her legs dropping off. Of course, she's cleared. Um, which you know, obviously her her leg was was a big part of the match. But in the end, it was uh, Liv Morgan who ended up uh, taking the loss here. Um, after Sonia Deville's running knee and Sonia Deville, Chelsea Green have become the new women's tag team champions. Uh, are you happy to see this title change? I don't know. I mean, who cares about the women's tag team belts at the moment? I mean, they've just they been... change hands every five weeks. So oh, it's just a clown show, really, isn't it? Um, so I mean, Sonia and Chelsea—it's not much of a team. I want to believe that that they could be good, and maybe. But, I mean, they're not going to be good. It's just not going to get any better, let's be honest. Um, the thing is, if, if if they actually did a bunch of vignettes and played up Chelsea Green's Karen thing more and got them over more, it wouldn't be as bad. But it's because they're not really over as characters and they're not that great in the ring. So it's a kind of double whammy of, you know, dullness. Yeah, it is. And it's just another title change. I mean, the belts had only changed hands at Money in the Bank. Um, I mean, no one was ready for that title change because that came after Shayna Baszler turned on Ronda Rousey. So no one saw that coming. And then we had this title change here. And we know why it's happened, because Raquel Rodriguez is going to challenge Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam, which could actually be a really good match and could be the best thing possible for Raquel at this point in her career. Because she's been on the main roster now for about a year, hasn't she, Kenny? It's about that. How she came in last yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. So she's really, you know, been underwhelming. I mean, a lot of that has been due to the way in which she's been used. She hasn't really been pushed as a star. She's been this sort of second match filler player. And she's had this, you know, an off team with Liv Morgan that hasn't been very exciting. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what Liv's going to do, but... You know, they've given Liv a chance. She's won the tag belt. She she was singles champion last year. And, um, you know, I feel like she's reached her career ceiling. So I'm not really that concerned about Liv. I think she's done all she's going to. Raquel, on the other hand, I think can be a much bigger deal than she's been allowed to be so far. She needs a character change. We talk about this nearly every week. And uh, I think, you know, Rodriguez versus Ripley, could be a big match, could be really good for both of them. Um, as for Sonia and Chelsea, I just hope they give some other teams a chance. I mean, you know, Caden Carter, you know, Katana Chance are a good team. I think they could probably do something fun with DeVille and Green if they give them a programme and get them doing angles and promos and give it time. I think that could have potential because I think, you know, Chelsea, and Carter are a really good team. I think they could work with these two and probably have decent matches. And I think DeVille and Green also, because as women's tags champs, they can wrestle on any brand, can't they, Kenny? Yes, including NXT now that the titles are merged. That's it. So, I mean, you know, I'd like to see him do something with Alba Fire 
and um, Isle of Dawn, because we've seen nothing of those two since they lost the belts in that title unification match to Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey just over a week before Money in the Bank. I mean, they've just they're just doing nothing on TV from what I well, they're not doing anything on TV unless they're on main events, you know. <laughs> They may be on main event, we just don't know it because that's this, you know, sort of wilderness that we very rarely check out. Um, so, I mean, there are teams for them to work with, DeVille and Green. And um, I just hope, yeah, I just hope they start doing something with the belts. And I think even though I'm not a fan of DeVille and Green as a tag team, I think they need to be champs for a while. Please, no more title changes for at least two months. Make that three months. And let's see if these two can do something with these belts and try and have some, you know, programs with people and, you know, create some entertainment and try and get some people over. Elsewhere on Raw, it was made official that we're going to get Finn Balor and Seth Rollins again for the World Heavyweight title at SummerSlam. We had a sit-down interview with Rollins where Finn interrupted it and things got quite heated. Um, and, you know, they basically, this was the big sell of putting them back together again. Did they do a good enough job here, do you think, of convincing people that this is worth another PLE? Well, I think so. And the fact that the match was quite short at Money in the Bank um, indicated that there would be a rematch. And, um, I mean, will Balor defeat Rollins? I mean, that would be an outcome that no one is really expecting. I don't think anyone thinks that Jay is going to defeat Roman Reigns. But maybe if Finn Balor became champ... Even if it was for a short time, that creates tension between Balor and Damian Priest in the Judgment Day, even though the Judgment Day told us earlier on the program that everything's just peachy again. Everything's wonderful. Yeah. You know, there's no tension at all within the ranks. I think Balor is champ with Damian Priest as Money in the Bank contract holder. I think there's a lot they can do with that. Um, and, you know, Rollins... You can say, well, we need to leave the belt on Rollins or they need to leave the belt on Rollins for a while to really establish it. I think Balor could do a lot with the belt as well. So if I was running things, I think I'd probably say, let's put the belt on Balor for six to eight weeks because there's good storyline material in with various people, you know, and he can then perhaps defend against someone else, not against Rollins. And, you know, I think they can bring that back again. You know, uh, so, yeah, I actually think, you know, there's actually some great mileage as well, Kenny, and uh, like Balor and Rhea Ripley versus Rollins and Becky Lynch. That's a match they could do. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think you're on to one of it. I think that the, given Balor the title, he's, he's been on a really good run with this Judgment Day run. And if he loses again, he's just kind of a nothing guy. Whereas if you, if he wins, there's all these possibilities with Damien Priest that you can do with Bauer as champ, Priest as the briefcase holder. I'll never cash in on you, but you know, Willie. Uh, there's some good stuff there, so I, I hope that they do that. Because the thing is, Seth will not lose anything if to lose the title, you know, because he'll win no. it back in a few months, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I, I hope that's what they do. Um, a couple other things I do want to give. I, I thought the Viking rules match with Viking Raiders and Alpha Academy was really fun. Yes. Um, Chad Gable is just, I don't understand how he is able to lift Ivar from the ground and German suplex him. It's just, <laughs> it's wild how he's able to do this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and Otis, when he had the big comeback at the end, he was really over as well. Oh, wasn't it? 
Yeah, the the Alpha Academy are just you know they're, they're so good. Val Halloran speared Maxine through a table, and it was Otis was there. Oh, this is terrible, and he suddenly appears and he's wanting to want revenge for what's just happened. And I remember they did a matter one of these matches with the um, New Day with Kofi and Xavier Woods last year, and that was really good as well. That went down. You know, with the long ball and you know, all the shields there and all the props. I remember that being a big hit as well. Yep. And you don't think of, you know, the Viking Raiders as being this team that can have good matches. Obviously, when we when we knew them in NXT, they had good matches all the time. But on the main roster, you don't really think of them as being that good in the ring. And then they give them a match like this and they give them some minutes, they give them some props. You know, they lay it out in a way that's bound to entertain and to me, this over-delivered. I thought it was really good. And I thought the Vikings needed a win. Uh, they both pinned Otis at the same time. It was good. I was, yeah, a really good match and, you know, furthered the storyline. Not sure what they're going to do at SummerSlam. You would think in some ways, man, you maybe they couldn't really get the longboat thing set up at SummerSlam. Maybe this is more of a TV thing to get everything in place. Although you know, I mean, it wouldn't be. I'm not. I'm not advocating that we make shows longer. But see, for SummerSlam, I wouldn't be against the Viking Raiders and Alpha Academy doing some sort of pre-show match, you know, for that show. Because if SummerSlam is only three and a half hours, I don't have a problem putting one more thing on it. Because yeah. I mean, as an example, I mean, we it used to be six months ago we would struggle to get twenty minutes of conversation out of Raw of things that happen, and now there's so much that happens on an episode of Raw. But you're you're struggling to talk about all of it. Yeah. So um speaking of which, I've got three other things I was gonna ask you about. Uh, we we got a setup for the main event, which was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending the tag titles against Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Um the main event this week uh didn't seem that they were all on the same page this time. You know, there was rumors last week of unhappiness from the, the wrestlers because the some of the spots didn't go to plan, but uh, you know, this was another main event that the crowd really were into. And I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, what's next for them, do you think? In terms of do you, for SummerSlam, what do you see for them? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, they don't seem to have any obvious opponents, do they? Um, I mean, I know they're over three, bra- uh, three brands and everything. So, I mean, you know, you could even sort of say, right, let's give someone from NXT a shot. Right? You're not going to at a show like SummerSlam, but you could do that. You could send them down there and like, right, we're going to pit them against these two guys. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, there isn't really anyone that's obvious, is there? I mean, it's too soon for the Street Profits. I mean, I'd like to see them receive a title match with Kevin and Sammy, but they need to be rebuilt before they can be put in a town match scenario. No one's going to accept it at the moment, plus they're baby faces as well, so that doesn't really work. Um, I mean, Priest and, in some ways, Priest and... Dominic would have been a really good match, but they've done it on TV, haven't they? And we had a finish as well. Sami Zayn pinned Dominic, oh, didn't he, at the end? I mean, they gave him a load of time, super heated match. I mean, there's some really good near falls here. I mean, Owens had Dominic pinned with the pop-up powerbomb, but Priest made the save. Um, Rhea Ripley was involved, and Liv Morgan came out and took out Ripley, and in the end, Zayn pinned Mysterio. Like, really heated, energetic you know, acceleration towards the finish. And it was all, everything was just like motoring at the end there. And it all just came together pretty much perfectly. Um, so I'm not sure if you can do that again for SummerSlam, which is a shame because that would have been a really good SummerSlam match, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been. 
Yeah, but we, I mean, and in some ways, it's a shame that Alpha Academy, if they had, if if they weren't in such a kind of comedy moment, you could have upped them to something like that. But I mean, at the moment, I think it would probably just feel too too low for Zayn and Owens to go. Plus, um, yeah, and plus they've just lost to the Vikings, so, yeah, so you, can't you really know, by rights, the uh, Eric and Ivar should be challenging Sammy, oh. Zayn, and Kevin Owens. I know that's not going to happen, but by rights, they should be because they've just won that big match on Raw this week. Yeah, don't put that out into the ether, Finn. Don't don't give them ideas. <laughs> uh, last two things: uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey has been made official for SummerSlam. Shayna had defeated Nikki Cross in twenty-two seconds, and then Ronda cut a promo where. Oof. I mean, what was going on with that promo, Kenny? She wasn't just given her opportunity, Finn. She took it. I mean, sure. I mean, Baszler seemed like the babyface again this week. You know, she was, you know. Because uh, Rhonda kind of threatened her, you know, like, uh, you know, come up, come up here and 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 shut me up or whatever. And then Baszler like leaves the ring and runs up the steps to try and get her. And I mean, the fans were into that. So if anything, at least, hopefully, Rhonda will go out losing to Baszler, and Baszler will have gained something to sort of take forward. Mm. That's the optimism. That's the only that's that's the hope and the optimism that is there. But um, yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, I felt sorry for Nikki Cross. I mean, it just seems like her time's pretty much up in WWE. I mean, I still think there's mileage in this, you know, love triangle storyline with Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. I think that would be loads of fun if they're ever going to use Johnny Gargano again. And hmm. you know, I, I think Nikki Cross could be revived in that scenario. There, I think that would actually be a lot of fun for all of them. Um, but as far as Shayna and Ronda went, Ronda was speaking too quickly again. You couldn't understand what she was saying. She just nope. raced through a promo, just raced through it. And it's just excruciating, Kenny, to listen to. So, I mean, I, I mean, obviously they just thought, you know what? She's going next month. You know, let's just, she can just get on with it. Let's just let her do what she wants to do. She isn't going to be here much longer. She's volunteered to put a friend over. They're probably going to have a really good match. Hopefully, people will respond to it. I hope it's in a good spot on the show, Kenny. I hope they don't put them on after some, like, 25-minute classic. Yeah. Otherwise, people will be so worn out that they will not respond to Baszler versus Ronda. I mean, I, I think they should put the match on first. I think that would be a really good slot for them to go on first to open the show. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're having the match. Um, I think Ronda's the heel. She said, and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> Shana, she insulted Shayna, saying that the audience is not into her. So I think Ronda's supposed to be the villain, but I mean, it's tough to know for sure. And um, we're getting the match. And yeah, it's time for Ronda to move on. Let's be honest, isn't it, Kenny? Yeah, 100%. Um, and then last thing is we had a Miz TV where we found out that Becky Lynch will get another shot of Trish Stratus if she can... Uh, you know, do, there's a few conditions to it. First, she's got to beat Zoe Stark next week, which Lynch agreed to. Uh, Trish then said if Stark wins, Becky has to get on her knees and thank her, which Lynch agreed to. And then finally, Trish said that uh, Lynch would need to tattoo thank you, Trish, across her chest. And Lynch also agreed to that. Then they attacked Becky. She fought back. Uh, she managed to get Trish's face shield off and then she ended up punching Trish. Punching Stark. I mean, do you remember how we were we were really trying around WrestleMania time to be enthused? 
about the return of Trish Stratus and you know what she was doing with Becky, and we just couldn't really get it. And now they're just they're a, they're a highlight of the show. Like it's so much better than it was. Trish is just putting in such a better level of performance. I know that you said this last week, and we've we've said it a few times, but I mean, you look at Ronda, how much money she's getting paid in the interest level, and then you look at Trish, who yeah. could phone it in if she wanted to, and just do the you know the nostalgia run. But it looks like she's really there's an effort there for her to be doing really good work. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very interested in. The SummerSlam match with Becky and Trish, I think, could be very good. Yeah, I think so as well. And, I mean, Trish is definitely having a lot of fun playing the heel. I mean, if you remember, she was a heel in 2005. And um, she did really well in the role then. And that was the point where you could tell that she she was finally getting pro wrestling. And she was just the whole sort of package. She sort of grasped it and could do it. And she was really good as a heel in 2005. She left in 2006, didn't she? September 2006, I'm sure it was. Yes, unforgiven. That's it. So, um, and I think she's having a real laugh with this. And uh, Becky Lynch is taking it seriously as well. And that was the the other problem with Trish earlier in that it seemed like Lynch resented having to work with Trish because it just felt like a step down for her and didn't feel big time. And it just felt kind of blah, didn't it? And just weak and lackluster and it's like no one was really committing to it and now because Trish has done the heel turn and Lynch is you know this strong face who wants revenge you know had some good results as well with Trish defeating Lynch and then Zoe Stark defeating Lynch as well which were obviously the right outcomes because it's built this heat and it's made you know Lynch you know desperate for revenge that she'd agreed to these uh, conditions in order you know, for the rematch to take place. So yeah, I think I think on the night they're gonna they're gonna go all out to really deliver and to deliver the highlight of their feud and what we presume will be the last match of their feud at SummerSlam. Um so yeah, I, I thought it was well done. I thought both of them uh, really brought it and uh, hope Zoe, Stark and uh, Lynch have a good match next week on Raw. Um I thought they did well last week. Hopefully they can build on that and have a better match next week. Indeed. Well, listen, that's all the time we've got for, for today. Um, if you want to get your AEW fix, you can get that over on Patreon with Robert and I talking about Collision, Sandra and I talking about Dynamite, Ben and I doing over and over there. Patreon is the best way to support us. Patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. And as always, you can pre-order the next issue of the mag at InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. Um, and yeah, loads of stuff going on as always. Uh, Eric Bischoff coming, coming in September, ITRTix.com for that. Plugs, plugs, plugs. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Finn, thank you, as always, for your time, your wisdom, and your knowledge. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, So we will be back uh, later this week with the Personal Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.